I like to describe Weird Norfolk as a cabinet of curiosities containing forgotten folklore, paranormal experiences, odd places to visit, and just a, a real collection of interesting local history. I'm Shifra Connor and I'm the curator and researcher for Weird Norfolk. Fact, folklore, legend that relate to a whole manner of different things in the county, whether that be an artefact at Norwich Castle, whether that be an erratic stone left by a glacier. So I'm Stacia Briggs and I'm the writer for Weird Norfolk. Weird Norfolk, we're taking a look at the Sandy Lane ghost in Deerham. Sandy Lane in Deerham has been the site of several ghostly apparitions since the late 1960s. The first sighting that was documented was a young lady who was returning from a party and she made it very clear that it was a coffee party and not an alcohol party where she saw a transparent figure as she walked home in front of her and it kind of appeared to climb invisible stairs and then disappeared piece by piece. When that report went in the paper, it was an anonymous report that went in the EDP, a woman came forward, her daughter had seen a ghost in her bedroom at Sandy Lane more than a year before that 1969 sighting. This ghost was sitting in her room wearing knee-length breeches, stockings and a frilly shirt. Then after 1971's Christmas, an 18-year-old cyclist reported seeing another spectre. This time it was a headless figure. And just weeks later, a postman called Leonard Rains was driving up Sandy Lane on a freezing cold January morning, pitch black, and he saw a figure almost opposite the Gemini pub uh, looking out into the children's playground and uh, it seemed to be staring intently, but when he looked more closely, it had no head. So it seems that Sandy Lane is kind of a a real magnet for ghosts. Nothing particularly that we could find before this first sighting, but this was a time, obviously, pre-internet, when it was much harder for you to link sightings unless you went through a paper like ours, like the EDP. And as soon as this first story went in, and this woman who saw, kind of young woman who was walking home from a party and... She just saw a figure in front of her and she actually says in the report she wasn't frightened, although at midnight I would have been uh, regardless, I think, of whether or not he was a spectre. And he was wearing kind of a long coat, long brown coat. And suddenly he kind of, she realises that he's not walking on the road, he's floating. And just as she realises that, she kind of sees him ascend these stairs and then just disappear and I think um, I think Schaefer found that there was a house on that site. When she was there, there well, was no that house. That was in um, a follow-up piece. I think it's mentioned in the article about the girl who saw the ghost in her bedroom. 
um, they checked their record, the reporter checked back through some records and found a map um, which said that there was actually a property on that site. Now, I, I've had a, a little look myself. So it's 1737 in the article, they said yes, there was a house there. I found maps back to 1817 and it's just fields next to a gravel pit. So I don't know. I haven't been able to find an older map. So if anyone out there can find an older map of Sandy Lane and tell us if there was actually a house there. Houses weren't built there until probably, I think, the 1950s. So yeah, it's a little bit... It could have been an old barn maybe that was there or something that just wasn't marked on. Um, and gravel pits are often sites of hauntings, aren't they? Because they're traditionally places where you would dispose of a body yeah. or where you would go to commit suicide or mm. it seems that practically every pit in Norfolk has a either yeah. a shrieking apparition or a <laughs> or some kind of story linked to it I mean there is no actual pit there but there was excavations yeah, there wasn't there yeah. and kind of plenty of chances to hide corpses or mm. for wrongdoing I was just wanted to read some of the quotes that, that the young woman in her interview gave. Firstly, she was her regarded among her friends and neighbours as very level-headed and sensible, which I think is obviously, you know, she, she they, they didn't think she was flighty or <laughs> would make things up, which I think, you know, that makes it quite a, a good sighting. And also the fact that she wanted to remain anonymous, I think is quite interesting because she could have just done it for the, you know... The yeah, like her five minutes of fame in the paper, but she was actually really shy about it. She she didn't want anyone to really know who she was because she didn't want to be ridiculed for it. So she said, I saw this figure walking ahead of me and thought nothing of it. I was not feeling nervous or anything. In fact, I was having a quiet laugh to myself about some of the things that had been seen and said at the coffee evening. She was obviously in a good mood. She wasn't spooked or anything. It was quite a nice evening. I don't 100% think she had just drunk coffee. Schaefer. Really? Really? Yes. She took more notice when the male figure turned towards a weeping willow in front of a garden. She went on to say, It was then that I suddenly realised that he had not been walking on the path, but was about a foot above ground level and off to the right of the path. He made no sound as he walked. I get the impression um, she'd actually seen the figure, you know, walking ahead of her. She she wasn't alarmed by him in any way, and then she kind of realised well, there was something odd about him. I suppose you you often see somebody, especially if it's dark. You're not gonna you you just scan that there's somebody ahead of you. You're not looking to see whether they're floating above above the ground, do you? Because you assume they're not. Yeah. The last report was from postman Leonard Rains. Um, he was starting, and that was in January 1972. And then that's it. Like, we don't have anything else. I, I don't know if a ghost exists. But to me, this seems like quite a credible account from the young woman who didn't want to be named and the postman. For nothing else to be said about it and nothing else to be seen, it's just really strange. I'm not so... I don't think the girl, the 15-year-old girl is such a credible account. I feel like she was probably forced into it by her mum, into telling about it. And in the actual piece, she actually admits that it could easily have been a dream. Like, yeah. she's like, oh, well, it might have been a dream, actually. Think, it was I a bit... One of the strange things is he appears to have lost his head from 1969 to um, yeah, that is... to 1971. But mm. things happen. You do lose things, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> 
maybe maybe he just misplaced it. These headless ghost stories have been have been circulating for absolutely centuries. It's a common trope through folklore that that ghosts appear without a head, and it's supposed to be from the time when the nobility were beheaded, common criminals were hanged, but nobility would be it could because it was seen as a far greater punishment to be separated from your head because obviously when the day of reckoning comes your body is not whole and it used to it absolutely possessed christians at that time this idea that on the day of reckoning these bodies would would be without their heads and it it was it was kind of a, a source of fascination for them because they couldn't they they didn't separate the soul and the body you know they they thought that on on the day of reckoning you would be as you were when you died and then you would be resurrected so obviously this this idea of physical bodies being dismembered was a way to really to really hammer home a, a punishment that you were you were gone you would not be resurrected not only do is there kind of a huge number of headless ghosts in folklore there's also headless animals aren't there mm-hmm. many headless animals including black shuck apparently yeah, sometimes sometimes, yeah. sometimes appears without his head he does sometimes appear as a donkey though as well he and does. His, so he's his multi he multitasks <laughs> um and of course at blickling we've got uh, another headless famous headless ghost that of Anne Boleyn who appears on the evening of her of the anniversary of her execution she appears in a coach driven by a headless driver, which is said to be her dad, who pushed forward the, the marriage with Henry VIII. And he also appears separately on a coach where he's headless, the horses are headless, and he he's tasked with crossing all 12 bridges of the time in Norfolk before daybreak as penance for pushing forward this marriage and when he's got Anne in the in the in the coach she has she's carrying her head on on her lap so it's kind of a it's a real it's a real kind of recurring theme this headless so do you think the sandy lane ghosts are two separate entities well if we're believing in them yes mm. because you've got one who appears in an overcoat or in a long coat yeah. and one who appears dressed as if he's in Poldark um <laughs> with the frilly shirt and which is the least kind of um the least compelling of those stories and mm. i do wonder if in fact Poldark the first edition was out at that time oh, yeah, it because been, it does it? sound very yeah. similar to so the dress just... She's having a dream about Poldark, which we've all done. We've all done that. <laughs> we've all been there. But um, yes, I think I think that's the least credible. I mean, the others, bar this this concern about that first documented sighting, where you'd think one of the most, one of the biggest things she would say is he didn't have a head mm. because the other yeah, two did. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to say, I didn't realise he was floating above the ground. It's quite another thing to not notice he hasn't got a head. I wonder if there's not been any other sightings that we've we've come across. Obviously, we'd love to hear from people if they've seen anything. I wonder if maybe there was like an anniversary of an event or, or something, especially for the guy, um, for the woman who saw like the apparition in front of her maybe it was like you know a, a, a 200 year anniversary of some particularly although you've got one sighting in high summer and, and two well, others in winter yeah if they are yeah. separate separate yeah 
you know, just completely maybe two it's on separate some entities. Kind of ghostly ley line yeah, there maybe. in Sandy and, Lane. And if you just have to be there at the right time yeah. to actually or see something. Time. Or the wrong time. Yeah. Maybe we should go out to no. on the anniversary no. of this, so the 8th of August. No. I wouldn't and do a seance. I wouldn't do one. <laughs> if you're in a, like a kind of control, so you've got like people who know what they're doing, and they're a seance, and they you make contact. Would you the netherworld? Well, can you? That you can get in controlled circumstances, can't you? Where you like. Well, have you watched Scooby Doo or not? Because that does not work. You can't control the dark forces, and but I don't. What want if to you try. could talk to a spirit? If someone said, "I can channel this spirit." Would you interview the spirit? Uh, I suppose professional um, integrity would say yes, and also I'm really nosy, so I would probably yes, but only once I'd uh, completed full health and safety forms and make sure that it isn't going to drag me to to Satan's fiery pits or isn't going to possess me or isn't going to. They'd have to be a big disclaimer. They'd have that ghost would have to sign something quite weighty. What about if it was like because I rewatched the Enfield Poltergeist TV series recently? I'm not, I'm not interviewing the Enfield Poltergeist. <laughs> but what if that was you in that situation? Because there was a reporter there. Like reporters did go. Would you even be if they're like Stacia? This is like perfect for Weird Norfolk. We've got the I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to think that I would. That is communicating with us. I would like to think that I would. I'd have to go there and see how it made me feel. I wouldn't like that ghost. No, exactly. He's really scary. What is that ghost genuinely going to bring to the party when I interview it? What's your favourite (laughs) colour? What's it like not having a head? How am I interviewing you without a mouth? All All these questions that you need to ask. But, um, yeah, I I suppose being a journalist, my... My main, because I don't, I've never considered the option of interviewing a ghost. Um, my main concern is just gathering as many of the facts as you can and, and putting them in an entertaining form. And um, I have never really thought about what I'd do if if confronted with a spectral interviewee. Have you ever interviewed anyone who has seen a ghost? I have interviewed, yes. Um, I have interviewed someone to whom, twice, to um, not the same person, I interviewed somebody who 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 is a a kind of animal whisperer and whilst we were doing the interview a bird from the spirit world came to her and sat there apparently and she continued a conversation with it and the other one which was really odd I interviewed Susie Quattro random (laughs) and um gosh what was the what was the chap's name I need to remember who it was um and Whilst I was interviewing her, the spirit of and I will I'll have to go away and Google it and find out. Came, it, it, he's so random. Came to her as I was interviewing her, and she kind of said, "Yeah, all right, I'll speak to you later." Like this, and I thought she had somebody in, obviously. And I said, "I said, oh, sorry, do you need to go?" And she went, "Oh no, it's just the ghost of so and so. He visits me every every so often." And I was right, okay. <laughs> but I will find out who it is. I will look in a minute because it is worth saying who it is because it's so random. So random. I want to say Bill Oddie, but he's not dead. <laughs> it's not Bill Oddie. But it's somebody as random. Maybe she had a psychic link to Bill Oddie. <laughs> Psychically connected. I'm going to look. I'm going to have to look. 
<laughs> because I, I I literally after I spoke to her immediately googled it to see if she'd ever done this before and she had so somebody else had said to her had been interviewing her and she had said oh the ghost of so and so has just arrived to have a chat I'm still looking. I'm still looking. I'm I'm trying to uh, find out. You can taste the butter in Golden Churn, and that's no fairy tale. It's Willie Rushton. <laughs> it's Willie Rushton. Here we go. Uh, so this is an interview with The Guardian. Um, thank God I found it. This is an interview with The Guardian, exactly the same thing happened when I interviewed Susie Quattro, which is... So Stuart Jeffries writes, at this very moment, she's she's visited by Rushton's spirit. Hey, I just felt him. Hi, Willie, she says. But when I spoke to her, she was chatting to Willie Rushton, who was very dead. And uh, how random is that? Really, I would never have thought you. No, I, I couldn't remember. But um, but so that's somebody. So I've had two people who have had spirits visit them as I speak to them. Maybe they were just bored. But um, yeah, so those two I've 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 had who have had spirits. But so Willie Rushton and a crow have appeared when I've interviewed other people. And you didn't feel them. I didn't feel <laughs> Willie. listening to this week's weird norfolk episode you can find us every week in the eastern daily press on page 13 of the weekend supplement you can also find an archive of all of our stories at edp24.co.uk and if you're feeling social you can follow us on twitter and instagram at weird norfolk Weird Norfolk podcast is a Richard Fair production for the Eastern Daily Press.